Let's see, what's happening in this one? Well, we love our doggies. It's just too damn hot. Some fun with urine therapy. Pitney tells me about two films, The Endless and Resolution. And then things go completely off the rails and Pitney starts singing. Oh, and be sure to stay tuned after the outro music because we've got news about special shows in October. See my, my cute new Target T-shirt that I bought. I see Snoopy. Yes. Can wait, wait. we read it? It says, "I work hard, so my dog." It doesn't say can have a better life. Yes. Aww. Yes. That's so cute. And it was so cute. I mean, I got this a few weeks ago, but it's like I was with mom shopping when I bought it, and I was going to buy it anyway. But she liked yeah. it so much, she bought it for me. Oh my which god! Is nice. It's so cute. Again, if, no. I, if I still wore t-shirts with stuff on them, I could totally wear that. But I could also um, give one to my husband because he, you know, his t-shirts can't all be like Evil Dead and... Oh, yeah. Well, and they John do have Carpenter Snoopy t-shirts at Target that also, you know, and I don't remember. I think it might be Snoopy hugging Woodstock. It's something cutesy sweet. Uh And it says something to the effect of, you know, my daddy is the best doggy daddy ever or something like that. (laughs) So, yeah, your husband needs one. Yeah. Because he would totally wear it. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. And I. It's so it's so cute how he's he's so into like weird movie T-shirts now. I'm always buying because like every time we go to Frightmare, it's always like right before his birthday. So I always buy him a few shirts and then I have to tell him they're not birthday presents because he doesn't want to celebrate his birthday. Oh, I know. know, He gets all kinds of cool shit because we go to Frightmare. (laughs) You know, and I don't know if it was like if I was looking on your Facebook or if I was going through old pictures but within the last few days, I found this hilarious picture of him that made me laugh because it was like, you know, your big husband. Yeah. With Spike when he was a little puppy holding him like right here. Oh, yeah. Be- Is oh, that I on know. your That's Facebook? When, um, yeah, I, I retweeted or not retweeted. I reposted like in like the Facebook memory. Okay. Because we had a day recently that was. On that day in 2012, we got the keys to the rental house near here. When we moved out of the duplex, we were moving out of the duplex to rent a house out here. And then one year exactly to the day. So that day, 2013, was the day that we closed on buying this house. So in a little, a smidge over 12 months, we moved three times. Oh, God, I remember that. Because that was, we went to rent a house, we signed a two-year lease, but a couple months later, the constable came 
to evict us because because your landlord never paid the mortgage. <laughs> right. The, the the guy who owned the house had gone into foreclosure and oh. nobody knew it. And um, he was co- the constable was coming to evict that dude. Oh, and, I um, remember that. So we tried to negotiate <laughs> staying in the house. And we found out later that we totally had squatters rights in Texas and we could have stayed for the length of our lease. But that's not what Bank of America was saying to us. And so it was this big fucking mess. And so we found a little apartment, lived there for about six months while we were looking for a house to buy, found this yeah. place. I remember that. I remember, I liked that house. There was a lot about that house that I liked. The downstairs seemed cool, but when I think about how we like to have like big family dinners and stuff, we wouldn't have been able to do it in that house because it had all those archways around like the where the kitchen oh, table was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I remember the living room and then the kitchen was here. I remember that house. Yeah, I remember yeah. it. The coolest things about that house was one of the bedrooms... And a full bath with a tub and shower and everything was downstairs. Okay. And so that like, you know, like the mother-in-law suite kind of an idea. That was one of the cool things. So like, let's say if we ever had to move my dad in or something, he could have his own bedroom and bathroom and not have... Yeah, to well, God, if you did have to do that now, he'd have to be able to climb the stairs. And if he moved into my house, I would have to... Take the the chairlifty thing. Yeah, I was just gonna say you have to install all those chairlifts. Yeah. But the other cool thing about that house was that the laundry room was upstairs, and that is a goddamn luxury. It's weird because I totally remember that house. I can visualize the downstairs, not the upstairs at all. But I can. But I think I was only there once. Yeah, you may have. You may have. Spent the night once. And that was the maybe. first time that Jocks or Met Spike was at that house. Was it at that mm-hmm. house? Huh. Because there was a hot minute where we thought they were going to play and then they just <gasps> didn't. I, yes. Because we had that plan where I was going to take Spike for a walk. And while I was a couple blocks away from the house, you were going to pull up and then you were going to take Joxer for a walk and we were going to meet on the sidewalk. Yes! That was that neighborhood. And with the, my brilliant idea was that if they met on neutral ground, because Spike had met other animals at their houses before mm-hmm. and the chances were better that things would be okay because if he's at home, he has to defend, he has to defend me against yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, you know, ma, I have to defend mommy at all costs and how dare you come in my house. So that was a brilliant plan. It didn't work because Spike just hates Juxer and oh, I, there's yeah, nothing we but can do I about do it. I do remember there was a moment where there was like, remember there was a prelude to play for a little, like a minute. It's possible that I saw what you saw and I maybe just don't agree that Spike was happy. Oh, maybe. It's yeah, possible. I was like, because Jocks, you know, grew up around so many other dogs and he's like, let's play. He doesn't have an enemy in the yeah. world in the canine land, you know. <laughs> and Spike, you know, we worked so hard to socialize him and have people come over to the house all the time. And... As long as he was, like, less than a pound and really, really tiny, and I would just hand him to people, 
I mean, you know, he would be okay, but once he got more confidence as a dog, that that was oh, all. Oh, it's so he, he was weird. never gonna like anyone ever. And again. he's never liked me, and I thought that would change, but it never has. Is even though I've I, known I've him, I've told you a since... million times. I've I've told you a million times. You cannot take it personally. Oh, I don't. He doesn't like anyone. My mother, my mother-in-law, both of them always very sad that Spike didn't love them. Oh. And it's like, he hates everyone. Oh, I know that. No, I don't take it personal. But it's funny, you know, Kareen's dog, my friend across the street, that dog did not like me at first. But now, yeah. the second I go over there, he jumps in my lap. <laughs> uh, see, and I've, I've had dogs that, you know, like their owners would be... Oh, she doesn't like anyone. You know, oh, she'll, it, it, if she warms up to you at all, she'll just tolerate you. Like, she won't like you. And then I'll just, like, sit on the floor, and before long, the dog's butt is in my lap, and I'm picking up their front half and scratching their belly, you know. And it's like, she's never let anyone do that before. And I'm like, I know, but dogs fucking love me. So. Oh, yeah, this dog instantly is in my lap, and he even lets yeah. me take him out for walks with Doxer. You know, he's like, okay, bye, Mom. I'll be back in a little bit. I'm going with Uncle Pitney. <laughs> yeah. I One of these days, I'm going to get Mike from next door, and I'm going to have him hand the Yorkie over the fence and let Sophia have a play date and run around. Yes. Spike because, because they are genuinely in love oh, with each other. Oh, my goodness. And the first time... By accident, they actually saw each other because she just ran into our house one day. And he was, like, frozen. Like, oh, my God. And then they got close enough together and because they, they'd never seen each other before. They'd only given sniffs and kisses through the fence because they fell in love through the fence. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my God. He just, they were sniffing each other and they were both just wagging. And I've never seen him happier to see an animal did his make his little just, does it i never asked you does it make his little lipstick come out or is that not part I've, of it i have never seen his lipstick oh thank god but he also oh good he he hasn't had balls since he was like six months old maybe. okay because i'm sorry i just do not like having to see that <laughs> i'm not a, i'm not a fan of the lipstick not a fan i'm not a, i'm not a fan of I mean, not to be gross, but I'm not a fan of, like, the lipstick when there's a substance. Oh, I, I know, I know. It's just gross. I just don't, yeah, like, I'm not a fan. I, you know, I don't want to think of a dog having, say, ejaculate. Uh, but I don't know what it is, but the dog we had when I was a kid sometimes... Yeah, because that dog always kept his balls because we always thought we would breed him and he was too I good. remember Kiko was really into my friend Bailey and would always hump his leg. Did Kiko have balls? Yeah, well, I remember he had one. <gasps> That's right. That's right. The mystery, the mystery of the single ball. And he did father puppies. Remember, he fathered puppies. That's true. Oh my god. Anyway, very disturbing. Oh god, I did, I yeah, I was not, not a fan of that. But, uh... So today is the first day in San Jose. It is September 1st as we're recording this for the record because uh -huh. this will probably change soon. 
but all of a sudden today, the beauty salons and the malls are open for the first time in months. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I thought you were going to say something about the weather being nice or something. How's the smoke? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I'm looking outside through my window, and it's still hazy because of smoke from the forest fires. It still sucks outside, but... I was actually chilly today, and when me and Mom went out, I wore <laughs> long pants. Oh my God! So I'm gonna, I'm going to just, I, I, I made a bunch of screen captures earlier because there was, there was weather insanity, and I'm just gonna say earlier, before all of this, um, the temperature was like say. I didn't have a screen capture of this, so this I'm going by memory. I believe the temperature was 96, uh, and the feels like was 113, 114. Because uh, of humidity, that would have huh? been that would have been let's say two o'clock in the afternoon. So then, oh, also the sun didn't come out today for the most of the day. Like it was very thick clouds all day, and. It, and it was weird. Like, I kept thinking it was going to rain. We haven't had rain in forever. All of a sudden, I look outside and go, holy shit, it's raining. Right? This is why I have screen captures. At 3.30, it was 79 degrees. Remember I said 96? Yeah. And feels like 113, 114? Suddenly, it was 79 degrees and feels like 86. That was at 3.30. Uh-huh. That's how far the the temperature dropped. Fabulous. At 3.32, it was 82 degrees and feels like 90. Ugh. And then at 3.41, it was 95 degrees and feels like 110. Oh, fuck that shit. I do not miss... (laughs) I do not miss Central Texas at all. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, no, it's still crazy. Like, it's still hazy and smoky here, and the, 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 the moon is still red at night because of all the fire, you know, all the smoke oh, from yeah. the fires. But yesterday yeah. and today, it's actually cool because it's been awful. Yeah. Well, in not next week, but the week, well, I should say not this coming week, but, like, say the middle of next week, so, like, around the 9th or 10th, allegedly our high temperatures will be in the 80s. Ugh. I'll believe it when I see it. See, I find that hard to believe with Texas in September. I find that hard to believe, but I hope it's true for you. I mean, I remember we moved to Texas. We flew to Austin. It was August 26th. 1984 we landed we got off the plane it was about 9 30 at night and i'm pretty sure that it was at least 95 oh fuck yeah in the dark um and you know how like when you get off the plane and you go into like the little tunnel thing that's taking you to the airport and there's just that that sliver of of outside air coming in around the edge of the door I just remember feeling like this blast furnace heat and unbelievable humidity because I'd lived in California for six years. And that was back when it didn't get hot in California and there was no such thing as humidity. And 
all of a sudden I'm feeling that at night when it's dark. And it was like, where the fuck did we go? Why did we move here? (laughs) And then the next day, why is there a Confederate flag over my high school? (laughs) Why did we move here? Uh, And then later that day, I saw my first fire ant mound. What the fuck? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Oh my God. Anyway, but yeah, so it's been like so fucking hot here that so what all I've been doing is, you know, after I get off work, all I do is sit on my bed with fans on, multiple fans on me, playing video games and watching movies. Well, you know, in my bedroom, my husband and I sleep with, we each have oscillating fans we each have our own fan blowing on us from either side of the bed. We also have the ceiling fan on full blast. And it's gotten so bad that... Now, of course, us keeping the thermostat on 78 in the summer, I realize that to a lot of people that seems very warm. Oh. But my whole life, that's where I've been comfortable. Yeah. I'm no longer really comfortable at 78, but I'm comfortable paying the electric bill oh, at yeah. 78. Uh, for a two-story house. But at night, we have to put it on 70, like 75, 76. Because upstairs is so goddamn stuffy and horrible. And when I go upstairs, it will not cool. I mean, even with three fucking fans blowing on me, I can't fall asleep because I'm sweating. To oh, death. yeah. And I remember, God, when I lived there and I was like, I can't afford the power bill and I don't give a fuck this is this house is not going below uh, above 72 remember (laughs) that's like god and I remember god back then my power bills were like 350 380 and I was like fuck but you know what I just dealt with uh... it because that's more than we pay for this for this giant house. Well, yeah, but look at the shitholes that I lived in. No insulation. Well, true. <laughs> yeah, this is the most insulated, well-made. I mean, God, we the day that I realized at the duplex that that I could see at at certain times of day when the sun was at a certain angle and would shine. I guess through some slat somewhere into the attic, which would shine into our house. Like I, it took me a long time to realize, Oh my God, that's daylight. Yeah. And I'm in my bedroom and I can see daylight around the ceiling fan and around that thing. In the see, closet yeah, like not the good. Access. Not good. That house had no goddamn insulation. No, nope. no, but you know, when you're young, you can put up with. You know, think of all those years. Think of that that year and a half that I lived in that old house that was built in 1926 that had no air conditioning and no heat, and I had a car with no air oh, yeah. conditioning, and I had a job that I put makeup on and, and did my oh, hair yeah. every day to go to work, and somehow I drove to work in a car with no air. Conditioning. Well, you know, and back then, you know, the power bill would come. And you could just rip it in half and throw it in the garbage. Because you really didn't have to pay it more than twice a year without being cut off. Which is what what I did for years. 
Oh, God. That I would just rip me. it up and throw it in the trash, and I wouldn't even look at it. And then when my ex would get his fellowship money... Oh, God, yeah, because he lived off of Grant. We money. would yeah. just pay the power bill for the last six months. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, I have no, I have no concept of that. I mean, I would never do again. that now, but back then, I mean, I was, oh. you know, very young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did live in a perpetual cycle because that's the only house I ever lived in that had a gas bill and because it was from the 20s. And um, that was that I was in a perpetual cycle of paying the late notice on the gas yeah. bill instead of paying the gas bill because I swear to God, I never saw a gas bill. I only ever got the late notice. Oh yeah, no, don't you remember? And gas then you bills. Could, like, I don't think I ever saw one. And you could call them up to get service turned on, and you would totally lie and say that you could afford like this payment plan that they would set up, even though you couldn't to turn it back on. And then you used six, to be able to be so fucking broke and actually afford to. Live and then in the six city. weeks later, they would turn it off again, and you would call and make another payment plan and lie and say that you could afford it, even though you couldn't. So they would turn it back no on. No concept of that. <laughs> I just, you know, oh god, I don't know how. I don't know how I paid my bills. I don't know how. God, I, honestly, I survived that. I was like constantly one step behind, but I, you know. Especially, goddammit, especially considering that I had some really shitty roommates that didn't pay any goddamn bills and ran up, ran up the electric bill and the phone bill back when you had a phone bill for, like, long-distance calls and all that shit. It's like, yeah, call your father in New York every fucking day person who my other roommate allowed to move in, even though you don't pay any goddamn rent, you know, is pretend you have insomnia. And so you're going to stay up all night, but you're also afraid of the dark. So every light in the house that isn't in my bedroom is going to be turned on all goddamn oh. night because you're a scared person who doesn't pay rent. Oh, please. Yeah. I remember. Oh God. You know, I remember that now that you're telling how the hell did I, I mean, because I was a sap, I was a sap and she had a child and where was she going to live? And yeah, uh, fuck. God oh, we could. I was so generous with money. I didn't even have. We need to do that. Not today, but we need to talk about, we've never done this before. Bad roommate Good. stories. I mean, oh, you've yeah. we you've touched on some. I've touched on some, but we could totally talk about that and have a it all be new. Episode, a whole episode just on. Oh yeah, we're totally gonna do that. Breathe deeply, deeply. The year of woo. So you know the levels people will go to to be more wooer than their neighbor is pretty astounding. So this episode, we are going to explore urine therapy. And yes, it is exactly what you think it is. Drinking your own urine for medicinal purposes. And apparently the go-to book for this practice 
is something called <laughs> Your Own Perfect Medicine by Martha M. Christie. There is a lot of people into this book online. That's all I'm going to say. And it is drinking your own urine. It is supposed to help with allergies, acne, cancer, heart problems, infections, wounds, stuffy nose, rash and other skin ailments, and stings. And not only do you drink your own urine, but as wounds, rash, skin ailments, and stings applies, you can also put it on a cotton ball, put it on a tissue, put it on a pad, and apply it topically. There's some people that even say it's very good to rub into the face because it will make you look young again. But my favorite person of all the people that are into this online, and there's a lot, believe me, if you want to look it up, is this guy from Britain named Harry Matadine. He is, oh my God, so over the top. This is what he has to say about this. I had found out about urine therapy when I read a book called Your Own Perfect Medicine by Martha Christie. I had always been open-minded and obsessed with self-help and getting healthier, so my interest in, in book reading led me to that particular title. After reading it, I was so excited to try urine therapy. I drank my fresh morning urine, and when I did, dark clouds of depression were lifted from me, like a veil lifting and a parting from the Red Seas. But wait, it gets better. He goes on to say, I soon learned from Facebook urine groups that there was something even more powerful than fresh urine. It is called aged urine. Urine is considered aged at only four days old, and each day after you let it sit and ferment naturally, it grows in its power to heal you. After trying my aged urine, I felt an instant uplift in energy. I became obsessed with it, and that's an understatement. I never minded the taste of my own fresh urine. Aged urine apparently wasn't the most pleasant taste, but at first I didn't really care, and I grew to love it. So yeah, and Harry, not only does he drink aged urine every day, but he... <laughs> He also moisturizes with it. So the end of our story about this man is this quote. The urine I drink is usually weeks to a month old, but I top it off daily with some fresh urine. <laughs> so yeah, you guys, urine therapy, it really is a thing. As shocking as that may be. And uh, we could go on forever about it, but we don't need to. But I would say if you want some real amusement, just go to Amazon and look at the reviews for your own perfect medicine. Because, of course, there are people saying that it is poo-pooed by mainstream media because they want to deny the natural remedy that God gave us. So, yeah, that's not a surprise. But I will close with a quote from an Amazon review. And it does not get more woo than this. 
Unfortunately, it is by anonymous Amazon customer, so I can't give you a name to make fun of. But oh, if I could. If you really want to get the hardcore correct method of urine therapy, it is essential that one reads The Water of Life by John W. Armstrong. In comparison, your perfect medicine is like new age fluff compared with hardcore practical hermetic magic. Mm-hmm. so goddamn hot so i've just been doing nothing but like laying around and watching movies and stuff and i've gotten to see a lot of things oh yeah me too i don't normally see and yeah you know it's like go through these phases do you go through these phases where like you'll be going through you know like netflix and hulu and amazon you know whatever it is and just watch whatever it recommends no no no. i was gonna say nothing sounds good to you nothing even though three weeks later, half of it would have sound good to you. Does that ever happen to you? Or something that I added to my list because I so wanted to watch it, but years have gone by and I still haven't watched it because I can't bring myself to. Yeah. Even though deep down, I think I really want to see it, but I don't want to sit and watch that whole goddamn documentary series. Yeah, about it's some serial so killer. weird. But anyway, so I was like thumbing through trying to find something, and I so anyway, I came across this movie called The Endless, which I'd n- Endless. never heard of before, Ooh. but I was like, okay, I've never heard of this before, I'm going to watch that. That's, a, that's an intriguing title. I, li- I like the grammatically i think it's interesting yeah and it's really it's so it was like i gotta say okay so it was billed as a horror movie and there's elements of horror in it but i think it's more of a drama movie and dare i say art movie in the sense that this movie stuck with me for a long time and I actually oh. was, like, laying up in bed after I watched it, thinking about it and pondering the themes of it. Like, not, it wasn't, it wasn't like the way sometimes a horror movie will stick with you. Oh, it, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. the first it was time just... I watched The Exorcist and I couldn't sleep for four nights. And, with, and I had to sleep with the light on because I was afraid that the devil was going to come. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. Oh, my God, yeah. Or or the or when I watched the omen and suddenly I was very very glad that that crucifix was hanging outside my bedroom door <laughs> in the hallway yes. that that crucifix was right fucking there like and for some reason I felt ve- like every time I'd go to bed I'd, I'd look at Jesus yeah yeah <laughs> because you know Catholics have crucifixes that actually have Jesus on them Protestants have crosses that don't. You know, because we want the naked Jesus, you know, and yeah, and I, I would look at Jesus and be like, you're protecting me, right? <laughs> Even though I totally didn't believe it, but it didn't matter. You know, and that just reminds me, we're not going to go off on this, <laughs> but I just got to tell you this one thing, and then we'll go back to the movie, because it just that brought back a okay. memory. I, I know, because I'm very interested. I'm very interested. In I movie. had this silver crucifix. That was big. I mean, I you can't you can see me. It's pro- I was probably I want to say like ten like inches high? long or twelve inches okay. long. This big ass crucifix, like really graphic corpse on it. 
Oh, that man. was Jesus. That was on my grandmother's coffin. Oh, wow. And I had that, you know, on the wall on top of my bed for years, and I found comfort in it. That's kind of weird. <laughs> so, are we, and I know I say this all the time, but someday an entire episode about our relationship with the Catholic Church. Oh, absolutely. Someday. We have so much to absolutely. say. <laughs> but it's always like, we can't get into that now. It'll be two hours. <laughs> you know, but anyway, this movie, and I got to say, because I'm going to tell you about the sequel, too, because the theme was the same, right? Or the okay. prequel. The prequel, I'm sorry. I love this movie so much, I read about it. The Endless. I read about it. Okay. Come to learn that there's a prequel to it called, um, oh shit. Oh God. I guess it's not a Resolution, Resurrection. Okay. I mean, people will be interested. Resolution. Anyway, I don't remember. Like the same people made yeah, two but, movies. And the theme okay. was the same. So anyway, so what I want to ask you about is what okay. you think of these themes because they were so resonant with me and okay. so interesting to me. The first one, very really, without getting any like the supernatural, weird horror things away because it was really interesting and unexpected. Okay. But it's basically the you meet these two brothers they're poor, they're struggling, they're like these janitors, they can't get they can't get their lives together. And you find out why they're so fucked up is because they grew up in a cult and the okay. older brother took the younger brother and ran away from the cult to try to start this new life outside the cult, right? Okay, okay, okay. And through a series of events the younger brother has realized he has unresolved things and wants to go back to see the cult again because he has nothing but happy memories of it. And he was like, why the fuck did you make me leave there? I was happy there. Oh, like because he was so young when he lived there? Yeah. Kind of like the way everyone looks back on their childhood was happy because they had no responsibility. Yeah, okay. and the older brother was like, oh, is this fucked up UFO cult and blah, 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 blah. Oh, and we needed cult. to leave okay. and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, I don't remember it this way. I want to go back and visit. Like people were nice to me there. Yeah. I and don't have a problem Anyway, so okay. he goes back. They visit. And it really is fabulous. Everybody's nice, everybody's spiritual, they actually, they brew beer, so they make money from this brewery, so they're self-sufficient. So it's like out in the middle of nowhere somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It's happy, and everybody is, and there's no, there's no torture, there's no sex, there's no... It's not what you think I'm, of. I'm immediately imagining, like, midsummer shit, but I'm assuming that's not the way it is. <laughs> yeah, and so... <laughs> so what it is... And I gotta spoil it, because the theme's not gonna make sense without spoiling it, but if, it's still not okay. gonna tell the whole story right. So okay. the theme okay. of it is, this cult comes to a bad end, right? And they're, they're, okay. they are stuck in a time loop, where they have this, okay. they're in this per, this week of bliss, not bliss, but this week of real life, which was the real life that they led. 
And then all of a sudden, they meet the entity that they were worshipping as, like, this UFO god. And it's not a cool guy. He just slaughters them. Oh, okay. But then time resets. And it's another week before the slaughter happens. Oh, so... They all die, and then all of a sudden it's a week ago, and they're alive. But they remember dying. And so say, like, you and me went to visit in that week, and then we left. And then the Saturday happens, and they die again, and then it resets. They'll remember us visiting the week before. It's just a very specific time frame of events that has to happen where the moon needs to be in this certain phase. This entity okay. comes down, and then all of a sudden, everybody is like, fuck, we were here before. You know, and then everybody dies. Because that's what this entity because, is feeding on. But because they're, they remember enough of it, like, during that week, because they know in a week's time I'm going to be dead because it keeps happening. Yeah. Are they like I'm gonna live my I'm gonna live my week to the fullest? Some of them are like that, and dead. some of them are bitter okay. and scared, and they're trying to escape. And some of them are going with the flow and saying like God, we're gonna live forever, and if we have to go through this, but we're gonna do this, we're gonna be in this happy place forever, right? Yeah, it's weird because on the one hand they're dying over and over again, but they are kind of living forever. Yeah, so and so to okay. me. That was the theme of the movie. To me, philosophically, that was... Like, would that be okay? It was so interesting to me. And I remember watching that, and I was like, say Kerrville. Say it was Kerrville. I could be at Kerrville forever. And I knew that at the end of the festival, like, some catastrophic flood was going to happen, and we were all going to die. Like almost happens, and then boom, we would be set back (laughs) two weeks before, so we could be the whole festival. But it was always different because you had memories of what had happened before. I would totally fucking choose to stay there. Yeah, I guess. Without exception, I would choose to stay there. And so this older, the younger brother decides that he wants to stay, even though he knows what's happening. So did they know about the time loop no, before they went no, to visit? No, 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 but that's no, how they, they found out. Okay, you know, and the that poor, makes sense. you know, the, okay. the you know the older brothers. Oh, we're gonna make a life better, and we can work hard, and blah blah blah. You know, and the younger brother is like, "Fuck you! You have made my life nothing but miserable since I lived since I left this cult. Fuck you! Okay. I'm going back to the okay. cult, and I love you, but fuck off." I want to stay here and you can't stop me. (laughs) Right. Okay. So then, you know, so the older brother decides, Oh, well, I love you so much. If you want to stay here, I don't agree, but I'm going to stay here so I can be with you. So he's going to stay and die every week. So he could be with his younger brother every week. Because, you know, and it's in, that's interesting thematically too. Because he knows he has no life outside at all of trying to take care of his younger brother. But his younger brother has been miserable since they left the cult. So it's like the younger brother wants to go back to this thing where he was happy. And the older brother would rather stay 
where he knows what's going on, but he doesn't want to give up because he can't live without his younger brother. So it's really okay. an interesting theme. It's like, what is important yeah. and where do you go? So then, before we discuss it, very similar, okay. the prequel, which I think is called Resolution, I think. Okay, something like that. It's some. It's people stuck in this same geographical area where they're stuck in a time loop. Basically, this guy oh. is a total loser drug addict, totally gone off the deep end. He's living, he's squatting in a trailer, doing nothing but taking meth. Okay. And his best friend wants to help him, so he chains him to some pipes in this trailer to make him sober up. Oh, God. Right. If. And they get stuck in a time loop. As the time oh, God. loop... So he's going to live chained to a... As, well, no, but eventually as the time loop goes on, his body, you know, he goes through with the withdrawal, blah, 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 blah. He's able to take oh, his shackles God. off. But this thing uh, still keeps okay. happening where they're stuck when the guy first got there to, like, save his friend. And it loops back and now he's on No, he's again. not on meth again. But it just oh. loops back to the beginning, oh. and then their lives reset, and then they die again. And then their lives reset, and then they die again. The time in between is totally different every time. So they so they have the same... It's basically the same concept of yeah. living the same week or whatever over and over again. It's just that instead of this group of people... Yeah, people yeah. But the okay. interesting okay. thing was before those two people were stuck in this time loop, the junkie was like, you know, this is... Oh, no, they said, yeah, this is before the time loop reset. You know, he'd gone through his withdrawal, blah, 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 blah. And say that was two weeks. Whatever. Okay. Because how close you are to the entity is how close it, the time loop is, right? Oh, so he okay. had gotten sober and went through his withdrawal, and he was with his friend. He was like, you know, fuck this shit. I'm miserable. I'd rather be dead than sober. I'd rather be dead than not be on drugs. And I love you, but you need to fuck the fuck off and go home and leave me the fuck alone and let me be a junkie. And if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Fuck you. Go away. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, so this guy was like, okay, well, I think this is fucked up, and I don't want you to be a junkie, but I realize that your life is shit. It's never going to be anything but shit. If you do yeah. go into recovery, you're going to be miserable your whole life, and it's still going to be shit. So if you're happy here, right. just stay here and be a junkie and die. Because if that's what you want... I don't agree with it, but it's great, and I think that's fine. Do what you want, and I'll leave you the fuck alone. Know that I love you, and I'm not going to okay. contact you anymore, but if this is what you want, fucking do it. Wow, okay. And I think thematically, those two movies are obviously similar, right? They're like... Yeah, because it's two people, and one of them wants to do something, and the other one Yeah, and completely yeah. non-traditional kind of fucked up decisions to mainstream people with like mainstream people disagreeing with them, but saying like, okay, I love you enough. Just do this, whatever. I disagree, right. but whatever. And all of that really, really resonated with me. And I guess when you factor in the time loop thing, that kind of, that probably affects their decisions, mm -hmm. I guess, to some extent too, but. But, okay. I, but I never, you know me. 
I never ponder movies and think about the themes. Oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. And I don't even think that there's necessarily a theme in this. Like, it was written to have this theme. I think it's just expressing the people that wrote the movie their point of view, right? So anyway, thematically, I thought those movies were fascinating and they just really stuck with me and I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah, it's really, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, because I would go back to a cult and have a happy, carefree life that I don't have to deal with work and day-to-day bullshit. Well, you, you've always enjoyed a cult. Yeah. You know, but I've also, I've lived my entire life has been based on wanting to do nothing. True. That's all I want out of life, even to this day, is to do nothing. I want nothing. I want to achieve nothing. I want to do nothing except what I want and exist and be happy in the moment. And these people were both given the opportunity to do this, and they chose to do it. And it's interesting. You know, it's just that theme is so interesting to me. You know. I mean, I I guess if sitting in a trailer out in the woods and doing meth, I guess, I mean, I, I mean, if the guy says this makes me happy, I, you know. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm I, really I more understand. resonant with the people that were living in, like, the hippie commune cult, you know. Yeah, but the I mean, junkie, they I totally like understand, it. only from the point of view of, his life was never going to get better. Please. Well... I mean, he was never going to find any value in the life. Absolutely not. And if that was what made him happy, let because he knew that that was his way of suicide. I guess. And let him do it. the, The part that confuses me about that one is the brother not leaving him there. That the brother stayed with him. And maybe part of that is because I don't have any personal experience with being really close to a sibling. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I don't understand a sibling bond like that. But to me, what I'm thinking about... I mean, I, I, I guess I understand... I mean, I guess a lot of it depends on ages and how long were they there and whatever but I could see the younger one having a more positive memory of the cult based on the fact that he was younger and like the older one might have known things that the younger one didn't know yeah. or whatever I mean without seeing the movie but all because the older one is the one who escaped I mean it is a cult you know, it's not just a commune, it's a cult. So there had to be some weird, creepy control thing going on. Something that you had to actually escape from. So he was the one who it was important to leave, and he just dragged the brother with him. So I could see the older brother as being someone who placed a value on like living independently and making your own way and whatever and 
the opposite of the way they yeah, grew up. Yeah, yeah. So I could see how they would each look at things differently. But the part that I'm not really understanding, and I guess it's not that big a deal. I mean, I can, I totally understand. You want to stay, fine, you yeah. can stay. The part I don't understand is, and I'm going to stay with you. Yeah, and I remember seeing that part in the movie, and I remember thinking to myself, all right, asshole, but you better not dare say to your brother that this was a bad decision. Because you know you like it here, and shut the fuck up and like it. You know? Because he knew he liked it there. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but... It was bad enough for him to want to escape. I'm just thinking, I mean, it's a cult, so I'm automatically going to... Yeah. It's not like they just lived on someone's farm and it was nice. It was a fucking cult. So there had to be something horrible going on, because that's what cults are. So, I mean, I don't, you know, maybe when I watch it... Oh, God, it's so good. Because I'll know more about the cult. But God damn it, I would do anything to be in a cult. I know. But it would have to be, like, I don't know. It would have to be a good cult. (laughs) Well, see, that's what I'm thinking. See, that's what I'm thinking, like, you and I could watch the same movie, and you would see the cult and go, I would totally live there, that looks perfect, and I would be like, oh, my God, I, I can't imagine wanting to live there like without knowing what it was yeah. like odds are and i don't want to i would i mean eat time loop or no time loop everyone dying or not um i odds are i wouldn't want to yeah. live there <laughs> so you know but i get that other people like things that i don't like like if it was like you, like you, you know, you would live forever in Kerrville, and you can't get me to go down there for an afternoon. Oh yeah, exactly. Because that just sounds like the absolute worst possible way for me to spend yeah. time. And I know it's your favorite thing in the world, but it's outside. <laughs> it's hot. There's bugs. It's camping. It's being around drunk people or stoned people and I don't like to do that anymore. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of it even when I was one of those people. You know, which is why I did a lot of things alone, which is how you become an addict. Yeah. But anyway. Um, and I, I mean, I could see like, for example, like, okay, like Kerrville wouldn't, wouldn't work for me, but it would work for you. If there was say the same situation with a time loop and let's say it happened in the Hyatt Regency at DFW, while we have a room in the Hyatt Regency during Frightmare. Oh, absolutely. And we get to relive Thursday through Sunday over and over again. And we and because it ends before we start to have the angst of, oh my god, we have to check out at the hotel. And get in the car and drive all the way to Austin, and that's going to fucking suck. Oh, yeah, let's do it. 
But and as and as much as I as much as I would love that, it's a weird thing to hypothesize based on something that's never going to happen anyway. But I would I mean I would still have a hard time saying that I would want to do it, even though it would be fun. But yeah. I I still like for example, my husband doesn't come to Frightmare with us. Oh well, yeah, that's true. I have a life. But I have a he life. Would come I have things to save you from the time loop, and he could visit you at Frightmare, and then you could be husband. There's a time loop that I'm stuck in. You can get the fuck out before this time. Before it happens again, or you'll be trapped in it, and then you can come back and visit me again. But see, that's That's the the weird thing about these movies. They're not closed off. That's the problem with time loop. If I'm in a time loop and he's not, how can he get to me? But that's the weird thing in these movies. That's the weird thing in these movies. Time goes on for us if we were in that time loop every weekend would be different. New people could come or not. But like, okay, so it's the first Friday in May because it's Frightmare. In the real world, the first Friday in May happened, and now it's not the first Friday in May anymore. So how is... How is yeah, he going to come Yeah, but somehow in these movies, you can come, people can go visit. Yeah, but okay, they didn't whenever. think that through then, because that doesn't make but any sense. But then they're sense. in the time loop. Yeah, so that's the weird thing. That's the problem when you start fucking with time. Is yeah, that's that... the weird thing about these movies, is like, people come and go, and they remember them, and you can come and leave as long as you're gone before the moon is full, you know. See, and in that case, then the fucking older brother should have left. Because he could have gone back, he yeah. If he can go visit his little brother anytime he wants, he should go back to his job and his apartment and the life yeah, and that, that doesn't he built make for sense. himself. Well, none of it makes sense, but it was just very interesting. And I wonder, like, because it's the same two guys that wrote both of these movies together, like, oh yeah, what yeah. weird things that they have go on in their lives that they didn't want... But I could relate to it because, you know, you know, real life sucks and my life has been nothing but horribleness outside of fandom and Ren Fairs and Kerrville. Real life sucks and it's a bunch of shit. Yeah, but... You know, and it's either it's either fantasy, drugs, or drunkenness because nothing else matters. Something has to pay for it, though. I mean, something's got to pay your... Your your weekend pass fee. I know. So he's, but it was so inter- These movies are so interesting to me because of that. You know. I think I think the first. The, well, I guess it's not the first movie. It's but the prequel, the one with the junkie. I think I'm more interested in that one. Just it just certain things about yeah because it's interesting. Like the moment of him arriving is set in time. In the moment of their, I want to say demise, but resetting is set in time, but everything else is independent, and it's still linear. They still talk about different things. Different people can come in and interact with them. They can do different things. That's the fascinating thing. I think my brain can't handle, my brain can't handle any of that. I can't. 
I can't think of the story in terms of the time loop. The time loop interested me at first, but now it's just pissing yeah, me off. Yeah, but that's the interesting thing. Now, see, to me, that's not the interesting thing. When it's the junkie and his friend, I understand the junkie side because yeah. even though I was never quite that bad, I understand the leave me alone and I just want to take my handful of pills. I understand that. But I also really, really understand the rescuer attitude because I have been, I mean, people who listen know that I have, you know, gotten out of a relationship where someone who is fucked up and whose life is terrible and who always knew that he could come to me for comfort and advice and help and always wanted it until suddenly one day he doesn't want it. Now I'm an asshole because how dare I offer help. Mm -hmm. And so then we got into this cycle of, you know, nine, nine days, nine days of I love you and one day of I hate you. I mean, it's not that, but you know, so I, and, and I eventually got to the point where I was, I think you said something about the guy realizing that he had to respect the wishes of the guy because part of why he was trying to save him wasn't for the junkie, but for himself that he it was totally for himself. And I, yeah. and I totally get that because codependent me, I didn't know that that was me until recently. Yeah. And it's funny. And yeah, then the guy admitted like, I'm totally just doing this for myself because I'm ready to get married and, you know, gag. I'm ready to get married and I just want to be the best person I can be and I have this guilt because I let you be who you are. Well, I mean, you know? that, but from, from the inside of it, I mean, if that's the way they wrote it, then I don't know if I get that. But yeah. But when you, when you are in the rescuer role... Part of what's missing when you have the codependency thing is part of what's missing in you is I, my value is external to me. Like my value is in me saving you as opposed to my value is yeah. here. And that's a really, and I mean, I'm assuming when you first told the story it sounded to me like that was what that movie ended up exploring. And I think there's a lot of value in a story like that. Like it gets you sucked in with the, with the time. Yeah. And and actually stuff. both movies are exploring that because they're both rescuers, but they're both yeah. rescuers for selfish reasons. And they both realize that they're being selfish and they need to move on. So I'm wondering, like, what is it that went on in the writers' lives? I don't think they meant the writers to could write those through. two movies, but that is obviously a big part of their lives, that they have those roles and they're trying to explore that creatively without, I, without, I even think, I would thinking say, about it. And to me, that's art. Well, you said it's two guys? That yes, two them. guys. I would say one or both of them probably went through a really bad codependent relationship where they yeah. they didn't realize 
the dynamic that you know something that seemed that was normal at one time had turned into a dynamic of this of this person being like a soul sucking pit of neediness yeah or it was like their upbringing or something yeah it's really interesting but like if one person is a soul sucking pit of neediness and the other person has this endless capacity to love and support and comfort that could feasibly go on forever but ultimately yeah. it becomes an abusive relationship because one person because there's no reciprocity there like it's fine as long as you agree to the terms but like in the case of me i didn't know going in that the terms were you serve me and i don't give a shit about you yeah and as soon as i found out the reality of the dynamic it was like oh well bye then you know I've adored you for 15 years and you're one of my favorite people, but you can go fuck yourself yeah. now. And, you know, go have a happy life having no friends because I was the only person you talked to other than your therapist. But, you know, enjoy enjoy being alone in your apartment during the pandemic when you have no friends. But so, like, they could have very easily had a relationship like that. One of them could have gone through a relationship like that, and they uh, yeah, could have just come up with a way to explore that without making the movie obvious that that's what it's about. So it's interesting to me that the ones I related to was not the quote-unquote strong ones. I related with the junkie, and I related with the younger brother that wanted to stay into the cult. Yeah. And I thought that... The more, you know, mature, nurturing people that were trying to help, I did not relate to them at all. I thought they were both fucking assholes. Well, I think... Isn't that interesting? I mean, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's the way that you're describing the movie, but it sounds to me like the movie was written from the point of view that the audience is supposed to identify with the junkie and the younger brother. Yeah, maybe, and I'm just saying this was my emotional reaction to it, and, you know, you or Darren or could see this movie and react in a different way, right? Yeah. But I sympathize with those characters, and I thought that the other characters were dicks for not... You know what I mean? It was interesting. I mean, I like, but I mean, there's a part of me. I mean, at least like with the with the cult kid. There's a part of me of you've been rescued from a fucking cult, and so what if you don't like your job? Get a better job, hippie. You know, it's like I, it's like you're. There are people who are determined to be miserable, and and if you have decided that. Anything but me living in a fucking cult means my life sucks. I mean, okay, so we had to work for a living or whatever. I mean, it's like lots of people have, I mean, a lot of people who are watching that movie have a job just like the job that guy had. Yeah, yeah. And they're going, what? What's wrong with a goddamn honest day's work? You know, it's like, I'm never going to get anything better than what I have, but I appreciate what I have. And if you're going to be someone, I mean, 
part, there's, I mean, I'm assuming, for example, I'm assuming these characters are white. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, a white guy who doesn't have everything he wants, I mean, I have a little bit of a boo-fucking-who about that. I mean, automatically. Oh, yeah, but this was so beyond that issue. I mean, this was not even remotely with that, you know what I mean. No, I know, but, I mean, but there's... I mean, you know, without, obviously, without having seen the movie, you know, to me, both movies are just about one person really wanting something really bad and the other person going, you know what, fine, do what you want. I just, do, I will, I don't think I will ever understand the But that's the, the interesting brother. thing about it is, like, it made both sides seem so compelling. Did it, though? And you're wondering, like, who to sympathize with. You know what I mean? See, and, that, and maybe that's the problem that I'm having, is that when you tell the story, I didn't think that the way you described it was that they made both arguments compelling. Yeah, and that's why I was saying, like, somebody else could totally have gotten it different from me, but I thought the older brother was an asshole. And I thought that the guy was trying to help the junkie. Mm-hmm. That first movie, I thought the junkie was just a piece of shit the whole movie. Okay. Until the last, like, 20 minutes where he was like, dude, I'm a fucking junkie. I know I'm going to die like this. And you shouldn't waste your life trying to help me when I am not going to be helped. Yeah, and it's like, fuck off and let me die here high in the woods where I'm leaving everybody alone. Right. Well, and that's a factor, too, that they made both of these characters, that both the junkie and the younger brother are characters who don't have any other relationships, so them making this decision doesn't actually hurt anybody. I would say these movies are literature. Well, I mean, that's that's the whole point of making... I mean, you don't write a story unless you have something to say. Oh, yeah, it's just... I'm dying for you to see them so we can talk about it. Oh, my God. I mean, I'll see them at some point. I mean, beyond how we're talking about it now. I know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have, it doesn't, I don't think that there's some crazy thing that made them want to write this story. I, I mean, I think it's kind of weird that they kind of wrote the same movie twice. Yeah. But one of them has much more, I see, the, the one with the cult has way more supernatural aspects to it than yes. the one about the junkie. Yes, yes. The first one... There's weird shit going on involving the time loops, and you're like, what the hell? Right. And then the second one, it's more explained, and you're like, oh my god, what the hell? Yeah, it's... Right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Hi, everybody from the Slay Queens podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Thompson. And I'm also your host, Ashley Zoic. How are you, Ashley? I'm wonderful. How are you, Wayne? I'm doing very well. I do have a question, though. I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confident that you do. <laughs> Ashley, what exactly is a Slay Queens podcast? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it is a show where you and I are both dedicated to the discussion of true crimes that affect the LGBTQIA plus community. I feel like that might be a lot for our listeners mm-hmm. just to kind of absorb and comprehend. Can mm-hmm. you give us uh, an AKA? 
I'm happy you asked that as well, Wayne. <laughs> we are also known as the show that takes a deep dive into the dark side of the rainbow. Oh, that is correct. Yes, ma'am, we do. Mm-hmm. And I happen to love the sound of that. I do too. And if you listeners love the sound of that, please, please, please uh, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. And we would be forever grateful. We would. So go out and slay queens. Just not each Just other. Just not each other. <laughs> Just one, okay, just because of the cult thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the cult wasn't like this hippie microbrew paradise place, if it wasn't a bunch of hippies, if it was like Jesus camp, would that, and the, and the younger brother is only happy if he's living at Jesus camp, do you think that would affect the way you saw their relationship and identifying with the brother? Oh, yeah. I would have told him, to, you know, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Even Absolutely. though all other things being exactly the same, changing... The oh, absolutely. I would have been like, shut the fuck up and go and find a better job. Right. And respect your brother. But see, that's... Because he's doing the yeah. best thing for you. Oh, absolutely. I would have felt like that. Yeah. But because the way that the, 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 the cult was, to me, it was like hippie paradise. And see, to me, just the fact that it was a cult automatically means there was something sinister and awful going on there. But if and that's why they had to escape like in the some, first place. You know, conservative, Christian, no sex, no smoking bullshit. Oh, fuck no. Get the fuck away right, from Right, like there. he could have he could have wanted to go off and join the Shakers. The Shakers oh, who no, literally girl, no. are the only religious sect that can totally die out because... One of their rules is they don't ever have any kind of sex at all. And if you can't make shaker babies, how the fuck do you make more shakers? You have to convince people to come live there. And, I mean, the shakers are fascinating. The fact that anyone would want to go... It's like the Amish without all the fun. So so there's not even, like... Missionary in the dark through a hole in the sheet? No sex at all. The wow. only thing the Shakers have, and here here comes my anthropology degree, the only thing the Shakers have, well, one, they make really good furniture and really nice baskets. <laughs> um, I mean, you've heard of Shaker furniture, like a Shaker chair. Yeah. And you, yes, that's, that's a thing. But the, the thing that they do, and part of why they're called the Shakers, uh, have you ever heard of the Shaker hymn? I don't think so. Uh, it's a gift to be simple. It's a gift to be free. Oh, yeah. I love that song. Yes, yeah. that's called the Shaker Hymn. Uh, and it calls, it talks about turning and turning. And because, like, you're... Yeah. So, what the Shakers do, when they're, in, when they're doing their extremely, like, puritanical Christian services, it's... They basically dance and spin... Until they, like, work themselves into a trance. 
they don't they I don't think they think that's what they're doing. But that's See, what that's they're doing. See, that's some fabulously pagan shit right there. <laughs> but the, but that is literally all they have. Wow. You sleep, you I eat, know you that. Farm. I love that song. Yeah, I know. I've always I've always thought that song was really really pretty, but the Shakers are very interesting. And do you but remember it is also you sing it in Catholic Church as the Lord of the Dance. Is the the melody of simple gifts? I don't think any church I went to did that. I don't. I don't have. Oh any yeah, because Lord of the Dance is the melody of simple gifts. But I've never heard of Lord of the Dance. What's Lord of oh, the Dance? Oh okay. Is that going to be part of our Christ, our Catholic episode? Oh maybe, <laughs> and it's also it. largely used in pagan circles too. Although the lyrics, because it's you know Lord of the Dance, right? right. Yeah, that sounds it's way more totally. Right. But yeah, Simple Gifts was was turned into Lord of the Dance, as it, it, we used to sing it in Catholic Church. <laughs> was that was it like for folk mass? Maybe because I could yeah, yeah. Damn it! What we, we need to do our Catholic dance, dance wherever just... you may be. I am the Lord of the Dance, said he. I've never heard that. I before. live in you. If you live in me. No. No. <laughs> Never. No. I love that song. Oh my god. Oh my god. No. Never. for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. I live in you if you live in me. No. No. <laughs> Just cutting in here to let you know about some fabulous stuff coming up. Get yourselves ready for all the horror. Y'all know we go all out in October. And we love horror like a lot. So we're joining a bunch of podcasters, authors, and fancy entertainment personalities discussing all things horror. It's the whole month of October with new content every single day. And you can follow it all on Twitter using hashtag AllTheHorror. Our AllTheHorror episode will air on October 10th. Mark those calendars. And we're talking about some memorable trans characters in horror history with Lex Dracos from The Geekly. And then on the 21st, check out Amelia on a special Fellowship of the Geeks, all about the classic film Horror Express. Chugga, 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 woo, woo! What? Join us and our fabulous friends this October for... All the Horror! Horror.